Dear Editor, this is the murderer of the two teenagers last Christmas at Lake Herman and the girl on the 4th of July near the golf course in Vallejo. To prove I killed them, I shall state some facts which only <clears throat> I and the police know. Christmas, brand name of ammo, Super X. Ten shots were fired. The boy was on his back with his feet to the car. The girl... The girl was on her right side, feet to the west. Fourth of July. One, girl was wearing patterned slacks. The boy was also shot in the knee. Brand name of ammo was Western. Here is part of a cipher. The other two parts of this cipher are being mailed to the editors of the Vallejo Times and SF Examiner. I want you to print this cipher on the front page of your paper. In this cipher is my identity. If you do not print this cipher by the afternoon of Fry, F-R-Y, 1st of Aug 69, I will go on a kill rampage Fry night. I will cruise around all weekend killing lone people in the night, then move on to kill again until I end up with a dozen people over the What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rotten Potatoes. This is a bummer summer edition. <laughs> bummer summer. Bummer summer. You said it a bit like uh, a news reporter. This is right. a podcast with four friends who are reviewing movies that you absolutely should have already seen. I am here with three of my best friends. I'm Scott. I'm Tyler. I'm Jay. And <laughs> I'm excited for Bummer Summer. I just got to say. We're kicking off Bummer Summer. Like I've said, we're easing into it with Zodiac. <laughs> with the Zodiac murders. I don't know if you're going to let me talk. <laughs> Go for it. I don't want to. Okay, good. I, I'm going to be honest with you. This is a real ease because I was not bummed out at all by this movie. It's a little bit of a bummer. So I mean, like it, as we know. learned in last week's episode, like death doesn't phase me. <laughs> Even when you know that these are these are real deaths. real deaths. No, we'll get into it a little bit, but there was a scene where I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, no, yeah. I think that's fair there. Overall, the movie, it doesn't feel like a huge bummer of a movie. Yeah, should probably, but there are bummer moments yeah. for sure. It's, for sure. it's more of a disturbing summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was pretty bummed when I saw Jake. Gyllenhaal's so life. anyway, <laughs> what is happening? Jake, I'd like to hear from you. What were you I'm saying? I, I don't have anything to say about no, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake. <laughs> ah, you were bummed. It. You were bummed by his life. <laughs> By his uh, failed marriage and that he didn't get killed in the in the room <laughs> at the end. You're good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Jake's just shaking his head. He's going to shake his head for the rest of the pod and we're going to interpret for you guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you? I am. It just seemed like too good a bit. To <laughs> <pass on>. Was <laughs> it? <laughs> yes, Jake, you- I love and support you and I'm going to start interrupting them. Thank you. Yeah, that's yeah. all I want. So yeah, we're yeah, it's really, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. We're talking about Zodiac. <laughs> yeah. Scott, why don't you jump to us? Uh, should we just facts? jump right into just, ju- just the facts? Yeah. Let's, yeah. Do it. let's do it. All right. So this came out March 2nd, 2007. Uh, it was of course directed by David Fincher and written by James Vanderbilt. Uh, I think he did the screen adaptation of the book, which was written by Robert Graysmith. Um, who's a character in the movie because this is based on a true story. Uh, uh, the other guys gave this an 89%. IMDb gave it a 7.7. Uh, this didn't have a great ROI. It had a box office of 85 million on a $65 million budget. Oof. So they, I mean, they made 20 million, but it's not a lot. It's not, a, it's not even a 33%. Yeah. Uh, it didn't get any awards and no nominations. That's it. That's kind of crazy to me. A Justify little bit. your pick. What? Just about your pick. <laughs> I, I don't care. I mean, I agree with you because I thought this was better than One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, like, I, I don't care about the ROI. I, you know, I didn't invest in this movie, so like, I literally couldn't care less. But Good thing it, you had only made $20 million. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, 7.7 feels a little, well, actually a lot too low, in my opinion, for uh, IMDb standards. Mm-hmm. Especially when like we were, we were reading a little bit of a trivia. Like, I know a lot of filmmakers think this movie is really great. Bong Joon-ho, who um, now... I don't know who that is. I was just going to say who he is. Oh, okay. Well, he, I was sticking with the interrupt thing. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he directed Parasite. 
Um, I think he's now kind of a big deal. I think after parasite, obviously, um, but well, he was a big deal in other countries. He's always been a parasite. big deal. And I think within like, like, you know, uh, cinephile circles, he's been a big deal for a while, but now he's, I wouldn't say a household name by any means, but like a lot more people know who he is and care about his movies. Um, but he said that this movie is a masterpiece and that there's nothing to find fault with. Um, and so it is kind of weird that like it, it didn't do very well. Um, I mean, I guess I don't know how many people really were stoked to, to go watch a movie about the Zodiac killings. Mm -hmm. Dirty Harry did fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Was that about and, the Zodiac killings? Are you, you serious? Are you serious? You watched this movie, right? Oh, for so I was thinking of the good, the bad, and the ugly when you said, <laughs> you said Dirty Harry, but I, I heard good, the bad, and the ugly. And I was like, wait, what? You know what? <laughs> this movie really put something in perspective for me about Dirty Harry, just how ballsy it was to put that movie out in the middle of the oh, stare. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know who would do that besides Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, very insensitive, maybe even a little oh, bit. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> really, probably pushed the terror that people were feeling. Well, it did. I think we like read that in uh, in just the facts for, or not just the facts in trivia for Dirty Harry when it came out. That it did like really actually push the terror, and I think we see that a little bit in this movie. Like, I don't know. Like, just it would have been cool if they would have had the movie Dirty Harry come out in this movie. And they like talked about it. They did. They did. Wait, I don't remember that's, that. Uh, that's they the go movie. to see the movie in this movie. Yeah. That's May, okay. Well, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I was watching the, the first half of this while I was driving. So I'm assuming that was in the first half. <laughs> what? <laughs> How are you not dead? <laughs> I literally had it downloaded to my laptop and it was in my passenger seat as I was so driving. So you weren't really watching. You were listening. I was like listening. It. I would like glance over every once in a while. Tell your dad's the sheriff, right? <laughs> <laughs> Can we get Scott arrested? <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't remember that part. What? Yes, they do. They do. The dirty Harry is in this movie Oh, of all movies too. Like you, you got to really like pay attention to this movie. <laughs> Maybe so I liked it a lot. If that makes you feel better. <laughs> I, I'm beginning to wonder if you should. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe if you paid closer attention, you wouldn't like it as much. Maybe. Who knows? I'll take it though. I'll take it. Yeah. yeah. I, Jake, had you seen this movie before? I had, well, I had actually a weird experience with this movie and I think it was honestly my TV settings uh, now watching it again, but I started watching it. Couldn't hear a word they said over the music. And then I was like, I'm done watching this. <laughs> I got to the part where Mark Ruffalo comes in and I was like, I can't understand what they're saying. So then I just stopped. And then I watched it this time. Didn't have that problem at all. Oh, interesting. So I've seen about 15 minutes. I would okay, say that's so pretty for, early yeah. in the movie. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like a two and like two hour, 45 minute movie. So yeah. 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 So well, what were your thoughts? What'd you think of it? I really liked it. I think I went in with a bit of a, a, unfair prejudice against it because I think I don't like, I feel like we like too many serial killer things now. And I oh. feel like I see too many serial killer things yeah. to the point where I think it's problematic. And, uh, I actually, so I think maybe my lower expectations made me like it even more, but mm -hmm. I liked it a lot. Do you feel like this furthered the glorification of serial killers? I don't know. Maybe, but that that's the thing I don't like about it is like, we just, worship serial killers these days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's why I went into it. I was like, I don't really know if I want to watch this. I'd like yeah. to hear you kind of speak to like how you think it's problematic. Well, just because I really feel like in like people like love serial killers. They love learning mm -hmm. about them. They're proud. True. The, and they podcasts know, are like such a big thing. Yeah. Now. And then like that's it's it's a weird sick fascination and glorification. And for like sick people, that's reason enough to do it. You right. know, mm. we're like, oh, people will know my name. Hmm. They'll know who I was and people will borderline worship me. Yeah. If I do this. Hmm. No, I, Jake, I actually completely agree with you. Um, and, and I think that, you know, well, not, I think I'm, I'm, I'm pretty certain that that, uh, level of fascination, uh, wasn't quite what it is now when this movie came out. Uh, and so like, you know, bearing that in mind, I do completely agree with you. Um, I think that we pay way too much attention to it. And I understand like the, the desire to like, I don't know, not contribute to that. 
Yeah, but then I thought about that too. I was like, this is 2007. I don't think the true crime craze was a thing. So it's like, it's whatever. Yeah, I think like it's always been a little bit there. Like, you know, America's Most Wanted and TV, you know, Unsolved Murders. And like, there's always been TV shows about that, but not to the level that it is now where it's like, every other Netflix show, it seems like is a true crime. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I watch things and they turn my stomach. Cause like my girlfriend likes them. My sister likes them. And I'm like, this is disgusting. Yeah. Why are we making so many shows about this? <laughs> Do you think this movie influenced the uh, choice of RDJ and Mark Ruffalo for the MCU? <laughs> I, I wanted to ask, like, what'd you think of this? Like little, it was good. Pre Marvel reunion. Cause, yeah, cause it was 2007. It was the Jill year before. Well, Jill and Hall wasn't going to come in for a while. I know. But the next year, they were both Hulk and Iron Man. I, I wait. Was Mark Ruffalo, Ruffalo Hulk? I thought Avengers. Oh no, that was uh, Mark Ruffalo wasn't Hulk. It was uh, Eric Bana. Er, no, Ed no, Norton. Eric Bana was the oh, first and one. Ed Norton. Ed Norton was Hulk yeah. the next year. So never mind. It was also, I think this is the friends reunion everybody's been talking about. Uh, Chandler's weird roommate was in it. And also uh, the guy that Rachel kisses on the balcony. So if you say so, pretty uh, good friends reunion. Yeah. You were like, oh, this is crazy. Like Rachel's guy that she kisses. I was like, no, I was, how do you remember that? I was joking. Cause I, I texted oh, okay. Zach. I was like, there's so many people in this movie. And then like right then uh, the guy from friends came. Uh -huh. I was like, also they got this guy. <laughs> I can tell that Zach uh, didn't, didn't get, I was joking. I was like, I'm not going to, I think, this. I think I read that Fincher said like, if we can't get the guy that Rachel kisses on the balcony, I'm, I'm canceling walking away from this movie. Yeah. I, that makes sense. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> so Zach, you, uh, I don't think we got your feedback initially, the, as the nominator. Yeah. What, what why, you, yeah, why'd you pick it? Why'd you pick it? What do I you picked think watching? It, I, I, like I said, I think last week, like I, I'm kind of killing two birds with one stone and that like, I feel like it kind of classifies, uh, I could have picked a better bummer summer movie. I realized that, but I just really wanted to do Zodiac. Um, I love this movie. I love David Fincher. Um, and I am kind of, I, I, I don't think I'm like a 10 out of 10, like true crime fanatic, but I'm like kind of close to that camp where like, I really do enjoy true crime stuff. I really like learning about serial killers. They do fascinate me. And I think that this is like the perfect, uh, piece of true crime entertainment that like, at least that I've seen. Um, I think this movie, I, I would agree with Bong Joon-ho. Like, I think it's kind of perfect. I think every aspect of it is really well done. I think all the acting is really great. I think the editing is superb. Um, I like that we don't have resolution at the end of the movie. Um, just like the case. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think it's just a fascinating story. Like, I think it's super fascinating. Uh, obviously growing up in Southern California and specifically in Riverside where they go to in this movie, like mm -hmm. adds a little bit of like fascination to me as well. Um, I really just enjoy every aspect of this movie. I was at Ontario airport earlier that day. Really? When I was watching. It. That's yeah. really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was funny. Like they were talking about RCC. I was like, Scott and Tyler both took classes at RCC. Yeah, mm -hmm. we did. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I've seen this movie before actually at Zach's recommendation. The first time I watched it, um, just because at, at the time it was your favorite movie. Um, that was, you know, what you'd said, Oh, this is my favorite movie. You've got to see it. And I was like, okay. And so I watched it. Um, my family, my grandma in particular growing up was always really fascinated with, um, unsolved crimes in Southern California. And so the Zodiac was, you know, a big part of that. Um, I know most of it wasn't Southern California, but I think because it touched Riverside, same kind of a thing where mm -hmm. she was just always really fascinated. Did with she it. own Graysmith's book? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think she still does, or maybe we, maybe we got rid of it when she moved, but she's read it. Oh yeah, definitely read it. Um, I remember as a little kid, her reading just, you know, book after book after book about Zodiac. Mm hmm. Um, and, uh, so, you know, when I saw it, it was, it gave me a lot of like context for this, you know, really like monumental thing in my home state, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, and you know, something that really impacted a lot of people in, in, beyond just the victims, like people were terrified, you know, across yeah. the state. Um, and, uh, and, and also people like, like you said, Jake, like a lot of people did like near worship him, you know, a lot of people were 
like hating him or fanatics of him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so anyway, uh, I, I like the movie for the story because the story means so much to me. I really like the acting and I like David Fincher quite a bit. Um, but this, I'm sorry to say is like kind of middle of the pile of David Fincher. For really? Me. Yeah. Well, how come? Um, I, I, I don't know if I could put my finger on it. I would say that it just lacks for me, like a little bit of like the X factor that, that he has in, in his movies. And maybe, maybe like it's partly because it's a true story. And so he's a little bit bound by telling a a real story. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think about some of his other movies, I think about, you know, social network is a 10 for me. Mm -hmm. Um, we're going to be doing another, we're going to be doing back to back David Fincher next week. We're going to be reviewing another David Fincher movie that I like, I think more than this. Um, just because of the, the grittiness and the grunge of it mm-hmm. that like this just doesn't have a lot of grit. Like it feels a little more polished, polished. It's really interesting in that like Fincher and Tarantino are like two of my favorite directors. And I feel like both of their careers have kind of taken that similar path. Like both of their movies kind of start out a little gritty and grungy and then he kind of polishes them and they're more and more crisp as yeah. they go. And I think I prefer the, the, cleaner more polished movies of both of their careers yeah what Um, was tarantino's um i mean he started out with like pulp fiction reservoir dogs reservoir yeah but what would you say is your your favorite that you're saying my favorite tarantino yeah uh inglorious bastards is my favorite but even tarantino himself said that um i think it was after i want to say inception he saw inception chris nolan's inception and like kind of said like i gotta step my game up and then the next movie he oh. made was Inglorious Bastards. Interesting. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. Well, I had never seen this before. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good, um, even though half of it I watched while driving. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I thought the acting was good. Uh, I was drawn into so many. Of, there was a couple scenes that caught me off guard. Um, I also, uh, this is a funny story. I was telling Tyler on the uh, way over here. Um, I was watching my niece and nephew. So I was driving down to San Diego, uh, while, and that's what I was watching on my way down there. And, uh, so I got to about the part where, um, Jake Gyllenhaal is in the house with that guy towards the end of the movie. Yeah. And like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like he's about to get murdered <laughs> yeah. like in this house. Right. And I have to pause it cause I'm now putting my niece and nephew to bed. Yeah. So I, um, take my niece and nephew upstairs. They get into their jammies. I tell them a story, like all these things. They fu- and they want me to stay with them until they fall asleep. So I'm just sitting in the dark in this room for like 10 minutes while they fall asleep. And then I come back downstairs. And as I come downstairs, the front door is right to the left and it's just wide open. <laughs> <laughs> and it was closed when I walked up a hundred percent. It was closed when I walked up. And uh, so I was just like, Oh gosh. Like, <laughs> here their dog knows how to open handles oh okay and i knew the dog knew how to open yeah. handles but still in my heart i was like i have to check this house now yeah <laughs> did, they, did they have a basement <laughs> they didn't have a basement thing that uh that you're line like, you're like this is one of the few houses in california that has a basement yeah. <laughs> like when they talked about that like it chilled me to my bone i was like Oh my gosh, I did not see this coming. What's going to happen? And I was, I was terrified. I didn't have that experience. Yeah. Well, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to finish watching this right now. Like I was like, <laughs> I, I like positioned myself in on the couch in an area where I could see the rest of the house and there was nothing behind me <laughs> You back in the corner. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm going to be okay. Like this is going to be okay. <laughs> And I, I, I kept playing it Jeez. and then it was, and then like Thankfully, three seconds yeah. later, I was like, Oh, that wasn't even he, the thing. He gets yeah. away. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> uh, it was a, I was like, Oh my God, why did I choose to watch this movie at night? One flew over the cuckoo's nest would have been way better right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> it's mostly during the daytime. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my experience of that scene. Yeah. And oh. so it made it even more chilling for me. Oh sure, yeah. Sure. yeah. As soon as he locked the door, I was uneasy. Like he walked in, he locked the door behind him. He took the key. I was like, why is he taking the key? It was in the door already. (laughs) Yeah, that that scene, I will say, is... I mean, it's really the only... This isn't really a scary movie, but that scene is so, like... 
they just set it up so well. It's terrifying. Especially when Graysmith is walking and he looks up and he sees a floorboard move. Yeah. Like, yeah. What was that? I, I think that was his head. Like, I think it was like his fear making. Yeah. Noise. Like we were getting into. I just wasn't thinking that because like in no other part of the movie are we like into the head of other people. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know because I don't know what you guys make of this because like, you know, it seems like this is the guy, but then it's not like Grace Smith is quickly like, oh, this isn't the guy. Mm-hmm. So I think it was this guy is either like um, like a crazed fan type thing or just, you know, a creepy, weird old guy. And I think he was just lying about someone being upstairs. Like it was probably just his wife or something. I, like I mean, that. as far like, as we know, there could have been someone like he never says there isn't. He just says there's someone upstairs and he says, would you like to go and check? Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's the creepiest thing in the world to say. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. That I think uh, of like all the responses he could have given. That was the scariest. Yeah. <laughs> it was super creepy. Cause for a second I was like, I don't know the Zodiac case that well. Yeah. And I was like, was, did the Zodiac have an accomplice is like the real Zodiac upstairs. And he's just yeah. like coaching him all around or it's Ted Cruz upstairs. <laughs> yeah. well, it's funny because obviously the Zodiac case w- was never solved. Yeah. And there, w- there were strong, the- like strong theories that people had that there were multiple people involved, involved. in it. Yeah. Like kind of similar to um, the son of Sam. Mm-hmm. where it was like, oh, yeah, we got the guy. He admitted to it. And then it was like, oh, but maybe it's not just him. Maybe there was someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, lots of people assume that. And even they kind of talk about in this movie that like there were probably copycats. Yeah, totally. Like there was definitely copycats uh, of the letters. There were people that were sending in letters that weren't, you know, mm-hmm. really Zodiac and the guy that called into the radio station that it turned out to just be some guy in a mental institution. Some guy from one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think it was Martini? No, no he didn't. <laughs> Definitely not Martini. Uh, Martini's just vibing. The whole movie, he's just vibing. <laughs> yeah. Except for when he wasn't getting his uh, cigarettes. Yeah. That was a different guy. That was the other guy. Oh. That was the other bald guy. He's oh, still right. vibing. <laughs> He's still. Uh, no, yeah, that that was really interesting. And I thought I, I actually don't know this for a fact, but I'm pretty sure that um, they have different people play the different Zodiac killers in the different. Yeah, I looked scenes. it up afterwards, actually, and you were right because I texted him because I was like, oh, I think this is some guy, but I didn't want to look it up because I want any spoilers. Yeah, I looked at they were like Zodiac one, two, three. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that that was a really interesting, creative decision to because have. different people described him differently. Yeah, exactly. And it throws you off as the audience member. You don't really know, like you never really know who it is, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and so I thought that that was really, really cool. I really liked that about it. I think the thing that I, the reason that I like Zodiac as much as I do is that it feels very different from a lot of other true crime in that. I mean, you don't get that resolution, um, but it also feels very grounded uh, and, and that's just another aspect of it where like you, you have different people playing the killer and, um, yeah, I, I, that was just an aspect of the movie I really liked too. I think one of the scenes for me that really got me was, uh, the couple in the park. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. And they're laying there having a good time. Was that comes the one up, you were talking about? Yeah. 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 Like, uh, he goes through the time and effort to make them get tied up and all these things. And so in my mind, I'm like, okay, like he would just kill them if he was going to kill them. That's what he does with everyone else. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was not expecting the brutal stabbing in the back. It takes place in broad daylight. daylight, And she sees him get stabbed and he's screaming. Mm -hmm. And I'm like just imagining like the shooting pain through all the parts of the back. And then she knows he's she's next. And so like she's like emotionally already feeling it. And then like it was all I was like it also that scene um, like this is not a criticism at all. This is just more like a a, from a personal like from a viewer's standpoint that scene takes so long. It's such a long stabbing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like like most things like that like it's like you know they stab and then it's over and it's like this is still happening. It's so unsettling like the way that they they created that scene was 
perfect in creating that feeling. Oh, and, yeah. You know, um, yeah. But that's the scene. Like, when I think of Zodiac, I think of that scene. Uh -huh. When I first watched the movie a long time ago, I had to stop the movie and I had to take a break after that scene. <laughs> and then this time around, I was watching it with Kate. And Kate had actually seen it before, but it had been a long time. I think she forgot about that part. Um, and we were eating and she was just like, I kind of lost my appetite. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's also speaking of like ballsy people, you know, uh, that guy the, that was getting stabbed. He's like, Oh, I can help you. I'm a psych major. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just sociology. fresh out of college. Yeah, sociology major. Like you think this guy is crazy and he might shoot you. <laughs> and then you're going to say, you're, Oh, I'm a sociology major. I can help you. You're crazy. <laughs> Grasping at straws, man. Yeah, I would have just rather said nothing. Because that, <laughs> yeah. that, that might set a crazy person off. Yeah, that's true. I, I think the, uh, like, because, yes, you're absolutely right. But, like, a small detail that uh, makes it even funnier is he's like, I think I can help you. And she's the one who says, yeah, he's a sociology major. I, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the thing is that he, and then he's hit his phone, just like, for the love of God, shut up. Yeah. He doesn't need to know that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even have a degree yet, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly that scene uh, that's the scene but um and it's like it, i think what like hurts me in that scene too is like there's nothing they could have done mm -mm. to get out of it yeah yeah that scene really obviously disturbs me quite a bit um but the other scene that also kind of disturbs me is when um is when he picks up the mom and then he's she's in oh, the car. oh yeah she's in the car with him and he says like i'm gonna throw your baby out the window <laughs> before i kill before you I kill yeah you. and it's yeah. just like oh uh-huh yeah yeah that was that that might have been even more rough for me <laughs> just like the like his the his delivery of it and mm -hmm. just and then it just cuts and like she's on the side of the road screaming and there's no baby and it's like oh my god yeah, like, i forgot yeah i was like well, did, is it dead yeah i did too i totally forgot yeah and then it was like oh thank god the baby's alive mm -hmm. like, you know it's funny like those scenes were awful and hard to watch but like the scene that's going to stick with me like when i think about zodiac is not any of the murder scenes i think it's going to be jig gyllenhaal alone in his house with just all the papers everywhere just mm -hmm. completely losing his mind and then like, you know, his wife coming in and handing him like finish this, like that scene. I was like, oh my gosh, this is kind of a bummer. That, yeah. <laughs> they, when we were doing some research, uh, the real Robert Graysmith, after he read the screenplay said, now I see why my wife divorced me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know why she didn't do it sooner. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, she really did put up with a lot with him. Like he, he went crazy. Like as much as I and put them in danger. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. As much as yeah. I wanted him to succeed and like, I liked him. I hated him. I was like, dude, just stop being this way. Like just quit. Yeah. But he just, it was like a puzzle that he needed to solve. Like for whatever reason, like his personality. Uh, if I kind of want to take us towards the acting aspect of this movie. There's obviously a lot of people to talk about and how great they did, but as we are talking about how creepy and unsettling this movie is, I want to highlight John Carroll Lynch. Yeah. Who played uh, Arthur Lee Allen. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Who I think, I think the movie does a good job in not like explicitly telling you who they want you to think it is. But I feel like it, it does kind of say like, this is who everyone thinks it is. I say, I think well, by the end, really yeah. explicitly yeah. say it. Yeah. I guess well, by even the in the middle, because when they go to interview him and he's got the Zodiac watch yeah. and he's, mm -hmm. you know, been on records, like all of the cops are like, this is our guy. Mm -hmm. It's just the hard evidence. And then the yes. hard evidence. But then one of the other cops, his, his favorite suspect was Rick Marshall. Right. Right. And so I think that part kind of throws you off a little bit. And then, uh, Gray Smith goes to visit, that guy in his basement and everything. Um, but yeah, by the end of the movie, I do kind of feel like it's, it's really saying this is, you know, this is the guy, but John Carroll Lynch. Um, holy crap. He knocked it out of the part. Oh, every yeah. part he's in is like my favorite part of the movie. I think me too. I'm glad you brought him up because I wanted to bring up the scene where they're interviewing him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that might be my favorite scene mm. in the movie. It's so great. And that guy's just so freaking good. He Everything is. he is in, he's perfect. Well, and it's so funny because like, for a long time, he was just Drew Carey's brother on the Drew, on Carey, the Drew show. Carey show, like yeah. just such a crappy role in a crappy show. Like, you know, that's what I knew him from. Show. That's the only I've other thing I think I've it. seen him in. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, he's one of those guys that I feel like he pops it up in so much. Like I couldn't really tell you a lot of what else I've seen him in, but I know I've seen him in a ton cause he pops up everywhere. Um, but man, he really shines in this movie. He's so freaking creepy. And I forgot about the part where they go and raid his trailer. Yeah. <laughs> just how gross just that squirrels. was. Squirrels. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. I have never like, have you ever even got within five feet of a squirrel? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, one time I was at a, I was at a park in Seattle and, uh, I was like w- with a friend and we w- walk up and there's this woman feeding a squirrel out of the palm of her hand and me and my friend both stop we're like 15 feet away and we're like we can't ruin this for her and so we just like slowly backed away like it was like you know a unicorn moment i would have been in fear of that woman that's the most powerful woman in the world But yeah, no, like, I don't know how he got or why he had all these squirrels. It just makes no sense. Only one of them was in a cage. (laughs) Yeah, the rest are just... Three were in the freezer and the rest were just (laughs) running around. Yeah. I feel like you could arrest that guy just for that reason. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's the Pied Piper. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, speaking about acting, like, what did you guys think of this movie when it it comes to the acting? I thought virtually everyone did great. I, I would say the person who least impressed me was RDJ, actually. Really? Yeah. I, I just felt like it was just like, okay, it's just RDJ. Like, it's not, it didn't seem anything special to me. That's shocking to all of us for two reasons. One, he did a great job. And two, you didn't like RDJ? I didn't say I didn't like him. I just also, was, I can't, I have come to expect like impressed. really high things from him because oh, I really sure. like him. Like Doolittle? Uh, I haven't yeah. seen it and there's a reason I haven't seen it. You don't want to ruin. I don't want to ruin. Yeah. And so I think I was just expecting like, this is going to be my favorite character. Yeah. And oh, he yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I haven't been keeping up with RDJ lately, but is that what he's doing these days? Just hanging out in a boat? Kind of I think so. I think that's what he does now. Okay. So uh, I'm not saying he did bad. I just think I had too high of expectations. Yeah, yeah, it's funny that. because Zach, you were telling us the other choices they had, and they were like Brad Pitt and Daniel Craig, and I think that would have sucked. I thought Robert Downey Jr. was perfect. I thought he nailed it. I think he was perfect. I I do think that he is kind of just playing RDJ, but I think that RDJ was perfect for, and not to say that I know anything about the real Paul Avery, but for the Paul Avery that the movie wanted us to experience, I thought he was great. I mm-hmm. loved him. I thought he was really funny. Yeah, I thought like I thought it was super funny. I really loved his interactions with Graysmith. Oh yeah, um, and just kind of his swagger that he carried with him for most of the movie um, when he's working at the paper. And interestingly enough, actually, um, Paul Avery and Graysmith in real life uh, didn't really have any semblance of a relationship. They fictionalized that for the movie, mm. and I'm really glad they did. Those were some of my favorite scenes. Was between those two? Well, yeah, and it's probably because they could actually write those. Yeah, definitely as right. much as they wanted, and right. not have to stick to something. And it was a good way to kind of like develop some aspects of the movie. Um, but yeah, it was a, a great way to get exposition in. Exactly. Um, but <laughs> I I love when uh, when they're talking, and he uh, Paul or I'm sorry, Graysmith orders that um, that blue. <laughs> Uh, whatever, yeah, whatever it's blue called. cocktail, bright <laughs> blue cocktail. And he's just like, okay, I can't ignore that anymore. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> and then he orders why well, he tries it. Yeah. And then it just cuts to them. They've had like three each. <laughs> I like scene. it in that too. I love Jake Gyllenhaal's like Sheba's. You would make fun of it if you tried it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I, I in particular with RDJ, I think, you know, one of the things that I think he's so good at is he's such a uh, fantastic physical actor. Mm -hmm. Um, Like a lot of people, they're really more about their their dialogue and delivery, Um, but his physical acting is just so communicative and evocative. And so like one of my, like it's it's funny like to see, yeah. um, but it, it works. It conveys, you know, something really real is when he gets the card from Zodiac and he just like freaks out and like yeah. gets up from his desk and like runs away. And he's like very jerky and spastic, but his physical acting is just so good that it really sells like the creeped out, you know, like we've all had that like feeling of maybe not like getting a letter from a serial killer. We've all been there. You know. We've all been there at least once, but like, <laughs> you know, like when, when you just get like creeped out and skeeved and you are just very like uh jerky and spastic, you know, in like, just 
kind of freaking out and he did that so well. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, you're 100% right. I never like really realized that about him, but he's really good at that. And even like, so from that to like the physical acting of him on the boat, uh, when his like life has gone to hell and like just the way that he's sitting, his posture, like it still has the air of the, the, like the way his shoulders are like still has the air of the like overly confident cocky Avery and the RDJ that we're kind of used to seeing accustomed to, but in this like completely like disheveled, awful, like not relaxed, but, um, I don't know. Like early end game RDJ. Totally. Totally. (laughs) No, honestly, like when he, I was just thinking about that when he's in the wheelchair in the beginning of end game, like, and he's just, you know, down a little defeated, defeated. Yeah. Yeah, Deflated. And, 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 you know, like his physical acting is just so convincing. It's probably because Tom Holland wasn't in the movie. Sorry, Jake. No, it's okay. It was on accident. <laughs> uh, I was going to say also like to your point though, like he's like, he's down, but he's still super con. Like he's like, check this out. Like he's in like a hole, just a garbage dump. <laughs> and he's like, check out all my stuff. Like, like, look, I'm Pong, you know, like the whole thing where I was like, why are you showing off anything? Just drinking Bacardi straight out the bottle. Yeah. yeah it doesn't have anything blue, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I thought RDJ was fantastic personally. I thought he was great. I thought Gyllenhaal did a really great job. Um, yeah, I'm coming to really love Jake Gyllenhaal. Like even in Donnie Darko, which I didn't love, I, I've said I loved him in it, and yeah. like everything I see him in, I think he's. Great. I don't think I've ever seen him give a bad performance. He's great in everything, and it's funny you bring up Donnie Darko. That was actually the movie uh, that made Fincher want Gyllenhaal for this role. Um, but yeah, I, I thought he was great. I can't think of another, like we were kind of talking about how RDJ kind of plays RDJ in a lot that he's in, but Gyllenhaal is not guilty of that. Yeah. Um, and I can't think of another character that Gyllenhaal's played that was similar to this, but all that being said, my favorite character was actually Toski. Yeah. And I thought Mark Ruffalo played him really well. He was kind of this like like he's the guy like this kind of like you know like everyone kind of looked up to him but he didn't have this like over the top bravado that you would think maybe that kind of like uh big shot cop would have I just um, wants animal crackers man yeah he just, exactly. wants, he just wants animal crackers and to not watch dirty harry <laughs> <laughs> exactly and uh, that was uh, another aspect of this movie that i really liked was his relationship with his partner yeah um, I, I really enjoyed that uh, this is probably my favorite Mark Ruffalo role I, that I can think of. Um, I thought, I thought he played a really great Toski. I haven't seen Mark Ruffalo in too many things, but I did really like him in this. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Mark Ruffalo in the last castle. It's one of oh. my favorite. Ruffalo. Did you just make that up right now? No, what no, is that? it's, it's, I'll put it on the list. It's one of, it's a really good movie. The last never even heard castle. Of it. Yeah. I've it, never heard he's of it either. James it's, Gandolfini, um, Robert Redford, huh? Uh, Mark Ruffalo. It's a military prison. And so it's a bunch of prisoners that were previously military. Like Fort Leavenworth kind of thing. Okay. It's the, the guy who's, uh, in charge of the whole thing. What's the title? The warden, the warden is a bad guy and mm-hmm. he like mistreats the prisoners and all these things. And so it's, Robert Redford is like a four-star general that gets, he uh, pleads guilty and does his time, but he ends up like turning all these guys back into like his troops and leads them to like revolt against the prison and like basically try to get this guy fired. Sounds pretty good. It's pretty good. I I like it. Yeah. I had never seen it before. And Scott, like we passed it and Scott was like, Oh no, that's really good. Hmm. And I love Robert Redford a lot. Yeah. And so I was like, I'll get around to it. I bought it. And then like, maybe six months later we watched it and I was like, frick, that was really, I like I've been sleeping on that. I'd never even heard of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but yeah, I, I really liked uh Ruffalo in this as well. And I agree with you, Zach. Like he just has like a, he, he's the guy, he's the most respected guy, not because of his command of the room, but because of his, like the quality of his work. That's like what Ruffalo yeah. kind of like portrays. You know, and like, it was kind of funny and I, I assume that he was very good, but we really only see him failing the whole movie. So I was like, why is everybody thinking about how great he is? Like right. he's been doing this for so long, but that's, I guess the, the, the quality of 
the killer. You know, I don't mean quality as in like he was a good killer. I just mean the nature of that particular killer is Uh that he was just so evasive, evasive. But I think because he was so unpredictable. Yeah. Yeah. They had like, like he had a line where I, I I don't remember what it was where like somebody was saying, Oh, I talked to uh, Lee and then he was like, and he's like, Oh, it'd be random. So they wouldn't be able to get me. Yeah. I don't, I don't have a motivation. I'm just going to go for it. Right. Right. Yeah. He was talking to the, the partner was talking to the coworker Uh to Lee's coworker. Yeah. Interviewing him. Um, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, Dermot Mulrooney, uh, who plays the captain who plays, uh, Toski's boss. Mm Um, I thought it was a really fascinating look into this story and this real true story when, uh, you know, they find out that the fingerprints, the physical evidence doesn't match Lee and, uh, Mulrooney's like the, the captain's like move on basically. Uh, and he's like, do you have any other leads? And it was like 1500 or something. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. many, like it was just insane. Like how many people, and we got to see like a little montage of people like giving, uh, like them interviewing yeah. tipsters. And I am it, the Zodiac. Killer. Yeah, like it was like my, my, my buddy, uh, damages his foot. And the next day letters come coincidence. <laughs> and and Toski's like, I don't know. <laughs> there's a, there's a scene that I loved too, more so because I feel, I felt like I could relate to it a little bit when, um, Ruffalo's partner is trying to like, get some evidence and he's just having to make so many different phone calls and they're like, Oh yeah. Like you got to call, you got to call Vallejo for that one. And he calls Vallejo and he's like, well, can you fax over? We don't have a fax machine. (laughs) He's like, okay, well, can you, Oh, that's actually this County. (laughs) And he's just having to make the run around. It it reminded me, like, I feel like I do that so much in my job where it's just like, I, there's an issue. And I was like, okay, I got to call the doctor. And the doctor's like, Oh, you got to call pharmacy for that. And then it's like, okay, pharmacy. And the pharmacy's like, Oh, I don't know. You got to call the nurse coordinator for that. And it's just like, (laughs) Oh my gosh, like this is, this simple fix is taking 45 minutes. <laughs> Sounds like you need to develop a better system. I think, yeah. Yeah. It happens. I think that's everybody. true. It happens at yeah. my work. Yeah. That's <laughs> just person to person communication. Um, no, I, I thought the, the whole fax machine thing, cause that came up like two or three times, like back and forth where it's like, oh yeah, we don't have fax. Like it was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Somebody will mail it to you, you know, somebody get, get together on this. You know? I also, and uh, Tyler, I hope you can speak to this a little bit more cause I'm a little bit out of my wheelhouse with this, but I thought, uh, the technical aspects of this movie were really good. Uh, to my unprofessional eye, I thought the editing was really good. Um, there's a, there's a scene in particular when, um, it, it keeps cutting to Graysmith and Avery uh, talking about the case and then back to Toski and his partner kind of talking about it. And they're kind of piecing it together together, but then also separate. And there's a few other times where I, I thought the editing was really creative and really well done. And there were some really interesting shots that I really like. There's a, like a, a tracking shot of the taxi that I thought was really oh, cool. Yeah. Um, when yeah. it's just, it's so fixed on the taxi. And I thought that was a really interesting, engaging shot when it's like above and like, yeah. Off to the, the side, like it's a profile, it. but, but, but above. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, I would say like technically, like it's definitely there. I would say editing one of the things, um, like one of the things about editing is that if it's awesome, you don't notice the emotion that it's conveying. Um, and like this does that well, where like in slower moments, they stay on shots a lot longer. Um, like for example, a lot of times in movies like this, when, um, especially a bigger budget movie, like when they're in the bar and they're having a conversation back and forth, there's going to be two cameras rolling that whole time. They're Mm -hmm. not going to bother to shoot one side and then reset and shoot the other side because these actors cost a lot of money. And so they'll, they'll shoot from two cameras and then they'll cut back and forth between them in editing. But when in a, like a, when you want to really like draw something out and make something seem like, you know, maybe they don't have all the answers. They don't have it together. They'll keep on a shot for a lot longer, even when the other person's talking, like they could have cut back and forth a lot quicker 
and created a little bit more pace, but mm. like they just keep on one shot longer and it makes you, it, it like helps you feel their stuckness. Also when like you were talking about the cutting back and forth between um, different conversations at different times, that's happening really fast and it creates like a sense of like, Oh man, we're, we're like, we're making progress. We're, we're getting to the bottom of this. Um, and it makes the audience feel that without, you know, without like telling you this is what you need to feel. And, and I will say, I, I think the editing in this movie is fantastic. Um, I think David Fincher is like, I, I mean, he's just, he's a cinematographer at heart. Like he's a, you know, photographer at heart. And, uh, I mean, he's a fantastic director of actors, but I mean, his cinematography is really what sets him apart from other directors. That's kind of how he started his career, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, the shots are great. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff you were saying kind of remind me of some interesting trivia. This, this movie had a, um, a script of 200 pages. And so in order to fit it all in, into a movie that didn't feel way too long, Fincher just had his characters talk faster. It's <laughs> a great way to put more movie and less movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and Fincher is notorious for, uh, shooting a ton of takes. Oh yeah. <laughs> and apparently that really frustrated, uh, Robert Downey Jr. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and his way of rebelling is he would just piss into Mason, Mason jars and just leave them around set. <laughs> I don't know about that one, Robert. Yeah. <laughs> that so, is very, I think he's maybe a little too into late stage Paul Avery at that point. Yeah. He might, he might need to get in the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> That's, isn't that a crime? <laughs> it's gotta be. I don't, I mean, I, I would say that it's public urinate unless he like went to the bathroom. I think he went to the bathroom. That's probably what he did. That's probably what he did. But like, I don't think he just just whipped it out and just like stared right into Fincher's (laughs) eyes as he did it. But here's the thing is if I do, I, if I go up to David Fincher with a jar of my own urine and I hand it to him, can he press charges? (laughs) No, no. Uh, All right. I don't know. To me, that's like, it's like, that's uh weird and cruel to like <laughs> the crew, like, and everybody else who's not him and like, everybody else who's, yeah, but it's cruel to him too, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's not nearly as bad as uh, Jared Leto on suicide uh, squad. Suicide oh, squad. <laughs> what did he do in that one? Oh, so many bad things. So, like he just did all <laughs> kinds of stuff like that. Like he would send like, uh, like used condoms to cast members. Like he sent a used condom to Will Smith, not in like r- rebellion or like a rebellion. Yeah, yeah. Rebellion. Like, RDJ was, but because he was so like wrapped up in method acting as the Joker, he was trying to just be weird and Jokerish. As if like Jared Leto Joker, Jared Leto Joker wasn't bad enough. No one can see Scott's <laughs> face, but Scott is mortified. Right now. <laughs> we we know that he did this to real people. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, it, yeah, it made me not like Jared Leto at all. Yeah, I know it's really unfortunate because I liked him before that, and then I was like, man, he's a bad guy. I feel like that one has to be a crime. <laughs> yeah, at, at least, least they had, I think they could have had a case there. Get uh get Tosky on it. Yeah. <laughs> It'll take, you know, 70 years to solve. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Burn. When are you going to solve this thing already? If you're if you're listening, you know they uh, I didn't know this. They actually reopened the Zodiac case after this movie came out. Really? Yeah. I thought they said that there were there was nothing that happened after Lee died. Well, that's what the movie said, but then they reopened it after the movie. After the released. movie oh, released, oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. 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 Wow. Can we talk a little bit about the the last scene of this movie? Yeah, where yeah, McPoyle where comes in. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Of, no. <laughs> what do you think of McPoyle? I I I couldn't help but like laugh a little bit because I can only see him as the one of the McPoyle brothers. He looks a little McPoyleish in this movie yeah. too. And I was like, this poor guy. Like, I I loved that ending scene though. I thought that was such a great way to end it. Um, because I completely forgot about that character until the end. Remind me. He was the, the guy that survived earlier in the movie. The, oh, the very right. first. Yeah. yeah. Who was like, and then he, he identifies Lee. Yeah. yeah. Who was yeah. making time with that married woman who looked about 16, 15, like when they were driving, I was like, are you guys allowed to be driving? And then he's like, is that your husband? And I was like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that was like poor. Uh, I think that was poor casting because I'm, I, if I remember right, they're actually in college. Okay. Like the, the real victims were uh-huh. like in college at the time. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, they looked really young though. Also, like, yeah, why I, why does she have a husband? And why are you guys parking to like she wants to like bang if she has a husband? Like I'm I'm gonna push back a little bit because I feel like we've read how Fincher was so well and everyone involved was so meticulous about recreating details as perfectly as possible. Like Fincher and the producer and the writer, they spent 18 months researching this case and interviewing family members and and people who are involved in the case uh all of the clothing of any of the victims was like researched and and redone like perfectly i feel like she was probably just a really young wife at the time like i think like you know people get married really young sometimes and i i, yeah, I mean my parents were married at 19 yeah like she that was like 81 could have been 18 to me you know like uh, I, I don't know. I it sounded I think, wrong in my head for a second. I was like, wait, that can't be. Oh yeah. No, that's, that's right. <laughs> that sounds right. To me, she looked like she could have been 14. I feel like she, and, and there's just people that look like, you know, you don't know. They look like they could be way younger than they are. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, but no, that, that opening, uh, scene and like bookending it with him, I think is so clever. Yeah. It's so clever to like bookend it with this, you know, that like it's the first murder that we see. I don't know if it was the first murder he committed. No, they talk about how he did one before where he killed both the people. Right, right. There is. Yeah, but um, this is actually interesting too. Fincher didn't want to shoot any any of the or he didn't want to recreate any of the murder scenes that didn't actually have a surviving witness that could like corroborate it. Ah, like because there were copycats and and because Zodiac took credit for things yeah that i think so maybe he didn't do yeah because mm-hmm. didn't the the guy survive the stabbing yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. they talk i think they make a mention of it they're like he focuses so much on the women that he just forgets to finish off the men or mm-hmm. yeah 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 that was uh uh toski and his and his partner were talking about that uh-huh. yeah um yeah i i really do I, I feel like, uh, as we've been talking about it, you've talked me up a little bit more. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just a little, just a hair. I think if, if I didn't already think that social network was Fincher's masterpiece, I would probably say that this is it. I think if I, if I had to pick nits anywhere, I do feel like around maybe the end of the second act, beginning of third act, I do feel like it is a little slow. Um, and there are some weird music choices for me. Yeah, I didn't love the score, to be honest. Yeah, the, there were times where the music felt like the wrong tone. Um, but that's about, those are the only two complaints I really have for it. I don't I don't really have many complaints, to be honest. I already talked about how RDJ didn't live up to my self-made hype. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> but, but not his fault. Like, where was the Iron Man suit? <laughs> Where is Tom Holland? Yeah. <laughs> I think this guy has that question every time he walks into a movie theater. <laughs> Where is Tom Holland? <laughs> and then if he's there, he's happy. <laughs> Have you, any of you guys seen so most the, of the time he's disappointed? Oh, he's furious. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, his Tom Holland's new movie with Daisy Ridley? Have you guys seen it? Oh, is it, it not good? It, I don't it, remember what's called. I haven't seen it yet, but it, looked, it got destroyed. It got oh, poor reviews. reviews. Yeah. But what was great with him was Devil All the Time. Devil All the Time and Cherry. I haven't seen them. Oh, you need to see Cherry. It is. It's the Russo brothers. Okay. Um, and man, that is a, uh, it's a, it's a bummer summer movie. Sick. Um, but well, in five years, we got one ready to go, yeah, but devil it, all the time will be a great bummer summer movie in a few years. Yeah. That was a bummer too. <laughs> what is it with, uh, with, with, you guys and, and suspense movies being bummers. Uh, I don't feel like I'm ever bummed out by a suspense you weren't, movie. You were bummed out at the end of devil all the time. I mean at the very end. Yeah. But like it wasn't a bummer. Yeah, it movie. wasn't a bummer throughout, I yeah. guess, but yeah. you're oh, left. I feel like it was. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't. need to think about it yeah. more because it's been a little bit since I watched it, but I feel like a lot of the times, like the last taste in your mouth from a movie is what you remember, you know? So you're done. You're like that. I'm bummed right now. And then you think back at that movie, you're like, oh, well, I'm bummed. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I I think yes and no. I guess maybe it depends. Like I I watched uh, and I think I recommended it to you guys on here. If I didn't, I have a wreck. Um, It's Our Friend uh, with Casey Affleck and Jason Segal. Um, And I don't 
I don't remember who the the third the woman was. Oh, uh, Dakota Johnson. Dakota Johnson. Thank you. Um, it is a very sad movie. Like it's a very sad story. It's a true story about a woman uh, and you know her husband and her two kids dealing with her terminal cancer and how their best friend you know just kind of like comes in and like supports the family and you know is there with them uh and it's a very sad story and it it's terminal cancer so it ends i'm not spoiling anything really it ends with her her death and uh but like i'm not left to like i'm like that wasn't a bummer because it was like beautiful and like when so I, when i think bummer i think a star is born yeah, that is that's a bummer a, summer. That's a big bummer movie. <laughs> yeah, I I remember it being a bummer. I don't remember much of it because I didn't I didn't like it that much. If I'm honest, but. <laughs> I really liked it. It was a bummer. But yeah, well, we can jump into uh, ratings if you guys would like. Jake, I'm starting. Spin up the servers. Okay, <laughs> Zach, do you want to talk a little bit more about the servers? <laughs> uh, yeah, they are on. Let's let's read it. They're good to go. <laughs> Are All they? right. I think I need to check. They're, they're on. Check a few things. <laughs> no. Nope. Wait, but what about that blinking red light? <sighs> I think that means it's good. Oh, I that means that's the recording light. <laughs> oh, I forgot we were doing a podcast. Yeah. Got it. That's the on air sign. Yeah. Um, Tyler, let's start with you. What do you got for this one? I'm going to give this movie on further reflection. I, I wasn't going to give it this going in, but I'm going to give this movie a 9.3. What were you going to give it? Probably an eight five. Got it, Jake. I didn't get talked up for my eight five. I'm gonna give it an eight five. <laughs> oh, I was oh, five? No, eight, 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 five. five. Yeah, no. What I was gonna say was like I liked it a lot. I don't have a bunch of. I don't have anything like to fault it for. But then there was like it wasn't like um like I didn't watch it like I watched Inglorious Bastards or anything where I was like riveted. You know, sure, so sure. sure. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Yeah, I'm gonna give this one an eight point eight. And Zach, what I'm are you gonna, gonna give this one? I'm gonna give it a nine point five. All right, that brings this one out to a 90% on Rotten Potatoes. Uh, Once again, the other guys gave this an 89%, so really close to them. And then IMDb gave this a 7.7. 7.7, man, that's low. That does feel low. Yeah, that's that's low. IMDb is too harsh on Fincher. It is, in general. Yeah. Although, now... Even though Fight Club's like 8.8. At least we can say that we're not too harsh on Fincher. Zodiac just jumped into the sixth spot. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Wow. How many movies have cracked the 90 barrier? I guess six. Uh, let me let me run some numbers real quick. Servers are still good. <laughs> <laughs> they're, still, they're, they're still going good. Yeah, you can crunch those numbers. <laughs> are, is it uh, our CPU cores? Are any of them peaking? They're all on fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you want them. I've been told the heat. Hot, like computers like heat. Oh, enjoy. So I put them in the oven <laughs> about 350. Um, I don't know. How we have one, two, three, four, five, they six, don't like seven movies in the 90s. Okay. Do you want to run through them real quick? Yeah. I'm, I'm our not- highest rated 94% in glorious second highest also rated 94% is no country for old men. I didn't realize that they tied. They technically Inglorious is a smidge above by like a point. But oh, okay. so they both just say 94%, but it's a higher 94%. Um, next, we have Moneyball at 92, A Few Good Men at 91, Django at 90, Zodiac at 90, and Braveheart at 90. Nice. I think I stand behind all of those. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. <laughs> I think Braveheart's a little too high. And I rated it an 8.7, but uh, on review, I think I'd rate it a little bit lower. Hmm. I want to watch it again, but it's so long. <laughs> so long. Yeah, Zach for sure would switch them because the next movie is Whiplash, which you gave a 9.5 and you gave uh, Braveheart an 8.7. Yeah, yeah. well, I th- I'm I'm sure I gave Whiplash a higher rating than you did. You gave Braveheart 9.6 and you gave Whiplash 9.3. Okay, yeah, oh. I would I would I would change Braveheart for sure. Yeah, I, don't stand behind, I don't stand behind Braveheart. That was anymore. like our fifth episode or something. Yeah. Yeah. Rated Whiplash 0.2 higher. 
Okay. Point two higher than Braveheart. Than Braveheart. Okay. Whiplash point two higher, and I rated it significantly lower. <laughs> <laughs> I gave Braveheart nine point four and Whiplash seven point nine. Jeez, big oof. But uh, I uh, am the lowest rater on. Yes, all sir, in for general. Sure. Yeah. Have you ever? Oh no, you just said nine point four for Braveheart. Well, I'm I'm curious to see what your highest rated would be. Uh, Independence Day. Independence <laughs> Day two resurgence. Braveheart is my highest rated. Gotcha. Then Django. No Country for Old Men, The Green Mile, Raiders of the Lost Ark, I mean, Godfather. I feel like that holds up for you. <laughs> like, yeah, I feel like you're, sense. I feel like you haven't, like, we've given you a hard time about a couple of your picks, which, like, it was just hard for all of us yeah. to, like, figure out, like, where we were, how we were rating. But I feel like your top movies right there, like, that, that seems like the things you would rate the highest. Oh, totally. Like, these are, like, I virtually there's only I think two movies I would change on this and one of them is I would move up uh, Steve Z not that one that <laughs> one could stay low uh, I would move up uh, what's it called there will be blood. there will be blood and then I would also move up social network yeah yeah what did you give social network again the, like, six one six two I think I think it was six one two. Um, oh wait this is based on me right now hold on he gave go back to that he gave uh, um yeah, I'm, I'm social network. Positive. I gave a 6.2. <laughs> it's a little low. We were in the beginning stages. Yeah, I wasn't yeah, sure where movies were going to end up. And so I was giving myself room to like fill. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's one I would I would change. But you would think that at the beginning we'd be pulling out all the stops, you know? OK, I'm curious. Uh, what do you think about social network compared to this movie? Or I like this movie? a lot more than social network. OK, OK. Yeah. I would watch this again before I'd watch social network. I would maybe move social network up a full point to like 7.2. Oh, okay. But uh, still but I would, not, it's still yeah. not as good as this one for me. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, next week, uh, we're doing, uh, Scott's pick. Yeah, right? we are. We are going to be doing fight club back to back Fincher. I'm, I'm get stoked. For Zach. <laughs> I'm very excited for it. Um, Jake, speaking of fight club, <laughs> Let's, do you know how it ends? You know what? <laughs> Let's save it for next week. All right. I guess we can do that. Uh, well, do you have anything you want to like sign off with then? Get ready. Get ready.